Hey, what's going on, everybody? My name is Oscar Arana, and I am your host, and welcome to the Film Garage Podcast. Today I want to talk about a movie called Synchronicity. It's um, honestly there was very few people that I recognized in the movie, um, so I'm not sure because if it was older or because it was an indie film. But I wanted to talk about it today because it was one of those movies that really got my attention, and very few movies do that because you know you watch so many and then you get uh, sidetracked with life and everything. It just it's one of those things that just uh, you know, um, life happened. So, uh, at first, uh, I thought, I thought this movie was going to be slow and boring. To be honest with you, I, I thought right away that the graphics were going to be lame and, and a movie I probably wouldn't recommend. Um, and I hate starting a movie like that with that mindset because I feel like I'm not going to give it a chance, uh, the proper chance. So I stopped the movie and walked away for a little bit. We have a pizza pirates down the street and I ordered a large pepperoni for, for the family and myself. And, uh, the only pizza that I've actually ever liked is the pizzeria I used to work at in Midwood on Avenue M in Brooklyn. Um, the, the second best, at least from what I've experienced is pizza pirates. And that's totally not a plug. It's just an opinion. I am hardcore pizza guy. So, you know, that's you'll definitely, um, you know, get good pizza references for me or, uh, good places to go eat. So the only thing that I haven't had yet is Chicago style. So, um, you know, next time I'm in Chicago, I'll, you know, see if I can get, find a good place to, to recommend to you guys. So, um, so I came back to the film with a fresh mindset, determined to finish it, finish watching it. And, uh, it didn't matter what the outcome would be, you know, whether it was going to be good or bad. So in my movie watching experience, I've seen a few, uh, where you could start watching it a third way in and you could kind of still follow it. And this is not that movie. You have to follow it from the beginning because it's a, such a crucial, crucial story, crucial part of how the story unfolds. So, you know, the main character is Jim and his love interest is Abby and uh, Jim is a physicist working with a team of himself and two other people uh, to make a time machine. And they harness the energy of the earth and use a manufactured nuclear substance called MRD to power the machine that propels any object back or forth in time. Now, initially, when they fire up the machine for their investors, it's just a test to see if whomever is at the other end of the time machine, they sent back an item as proof that it works. So, um, when they do test it in the middle of the, in the middle of it, uh, Jim actually passes out and here, here's where it gets kind of here. Here's where I kind of got lost. Um, they, they show these images of what looks like inside of a pupil of an eye, but lit on fire because of the colors are oranges and reds. And it's, it's kind of, kind of weird. Um, 
it, but it, it, it has the flow of a lava lamp. So I guess they try to signify that there's something wrong with Jim because he hears high pitched sounds and has migraine headaches and the lava lamp images is there. Uh, I guess it's their interpretation of it. So it's, it's to me, it doesn't make any sense, but um, you know, with artistry, you try to relate images with, with uh, emotion. So I guess that's, that's what they tried to do. So when Jim actually wakes up after passing out during the test, he sees that the investor is gone and uh, they review the footage and see that somebody ran out of the machine and set down a flower. They call a Dahlia. It's like a purple round bonsai tree um, that's already been cut round. So uh, he runs, uh, Jim runs outside to see if anyone was out there only to find Abby uh, smoking a cigarette. So Jim actually asks her if she came out through the, through the warm hole, but she's stunned at the question. So, because you don't actually see, you, you see, um, you see kind of like a shadow figure uh, run out, but you don't really see if it's a woman or a man. So, but this is actually where it gets good because in my opinion, there's this, uh, where the story starts, um, to me, it felt like this is, this is where it actually starts because everything else was just back story up until this point. So although he knows very little about Abby, Jim feels a connection with her and he trusts her immediately. So feeling bad about the experiment, looking like a failure in the eyes of the investor, he throws caution to the wind and decides to share a cab with Abby and eventually ends up at her place. So, um, Jim gets a call from his colleagues and is told not to trust Abby. And we don't really get an explanation why just that, you know, he's not supposed to tell her anything, um, about the experiment or anything like that. So, um, it, it, it takes a moment to set in, but he decides to walk out of the apartment. Actually, Jim goes to his colleagues to find out what's up with the encrypted phone call. And as soon as he walks in, he gets another migraine headache. So the, the images of the people on fire come up again and Jim just passes out again. So I'm thinking that everything is just has something to do with the other. And, um, at this point we really don't know why. So, but this time he's actually asleep for longer. When he wakes up, uh, he he's off to find out if the Dahlia he found after the test is really from the future. So we really don't know at this point. Um, it's just it's in the cylinder container and it's something that he's carrying because he found it after the test in front of the machine. So he ends up finding out actually that. Abby has the exact same copy of it, um, same serial numbers and all. So they end up having a drink at a local bar. But even though he's told not to tell anyone about the experiment, he divulges everything to her. I mean, he tells her everything to the T. So they don't make it too obvious. But as he talks, she's actually writing everything down on a bar coaster. So but it's like very nonchalant in a way. And she's just keeping conversation with him. So Jim wants to do the experiment again, but he needs another MRD and to do it, the investor is willing to supply it, but for half the ownership of the invention. So Jim agrees to 49% 
he gives Adalia back to Abby and tells her that she needs to make a decision independently of him on what she should do with the actual Dahlia, meaning she has to bring it to the next test because if Jim does, the investor is going to essentially charge him the other 50% of the company, leaving only 1% for Jim. And he's not having that. He's actually, he looks insulted about the offer. So if uh, Abby brings it, then, you know, that deal doesn't have to go through. So um, Jim actually sees that Abby has been in a relationship with the investor this whole time. And uh, it, it you could tell that it hurts some. Um, he finally sees her for what she's been this whole time, at least the perception of what she's been. And uh, Abby essentially used Jim to get close to the details of the time machine, which is why Abby wrote down everything Jim said involving the experiment. Now, Jim runs the second test and decides that he will be the one that goes through time. He's going to, he's going to be the one that runs through the time machine and he will be the object that goes through it. And he does, he goes back to the moment of the actual first test. The, the one he originally thought didn't work and people were just playing with him. So, it gets even more interesting because the story that I just explained is layered and more is actually added to it, explaining everything that just happened, but in a different light. Now, the the first thing he realizes is that is the reason he had the headaches is because at this point in time, two identical gyms now live in the same universe and time. So everything there, they are close to excuse me, every, every, every time they're close to each other, the original Jim gets a migraine headache and eventually passes out. So like the case in the, when original Jim walked into the room where his colleagues were after he passed out, future Jim was in the bathroom watching everything. So it is crazy. It, it's, uh, it's, it's, uh, it's definitely a mind bender. So both original and future Jim have contact with Abby uh, future Jim understands Abby's motives now, so he sees that she wasn't trying to steal his information, but rather she's been a fan of his for a very long time. And it's just so happened that when she met him for the first time, she actually fell in love with him. So the relationship between her and Jim wasn't actually official until she told the investor who she was being with and, well, that she was with Jim the whole time and... um to leave her alone. So, you know, a quote from the movie from Abby is, I hope this was worth it because he was my only source of income. Now you can come do me. <laughs> I like that. I don't know why that was, uh, you know, kind of funny to me, but essentially I was paraphrasing a little bit, but, um, so when we find out she's actually a writer telling the story of Jim, but just, you know, she was using a different name. So this whole time, every time that she wrote something down, it's because it was going towards her story that she, um, that she was writing. So, you know, one second they're talking and the next he starts to cough and spit out blood everywhere. And we find out that Jim existing in the same time and universe as his original is actually degrading future Jim's body. So this is the universe, um, this is the way the universe was correcting a mistake. So his colleagues did the math and figured that he probably had maybe 48 hours to live. So 
they collectively just decide to to send original Jim back, and this will be the only way to correct the damaged the damage that they've created. And in the universe, since there will be only one Jim, everything should go back to normal, and hopefully Jim won't die. So now it gets complicated because they used up all the DRM, and they want more. Abby is the only one that will be able to convince the investor to put put up the money for it um, since they have the relationship. But before she can, she thinks she can convince him. And even though Jim is against it, she does the she does the convincing anyways. And, um, you know, essentially it's she has to spend the night with him and uh, with the investor and that's the only way she can she can get more money and uh it's against what Jim wants so you know he wants the he wants what's best for her so so you know that they're at the point where original Jim runs into the machine and go back in time and original original Jim is convinced that Abby is just using him so she actually tells him soon enough this will make all the sense to you and uh, gives him a kiss. So Jim runs back into the machine and Abby runs back to the hotel where future Jim is staying, but you know, it doesn't work because future Jim is on the bed and he's dead. So, you know, we see that the actions that future Jim first took when he first jumped into the time machine have changed. So Abby put a book inside original Jim's pocket before he ran through the time machine, which she didn't do the first time. So um, this actually alters the past. And instead of finding Abby outside of the, of the building, um, he's actually by himself. So, you know, he reads, he, he, he finds the book in his pocket and he reads it all night and walks to the bar where they had drinks before. So it turns out original Jim never went back to his own universe he went back to an alternate universe where he didn't belong. And that's why his body started to disintegrate. Um, now future Jim sits down at the same table as Abby. She tells him how similar he is to John and which is the character of her story. And they have a few laughs and the story abruptly ends. So, um, I'm not sure why I was drawn to the story so much. It's probably because it's, it talks a lot, a lot of, a lot about physics and I think that stuff is really neat. So, um, you know, I watch those, those shows, uh, the cosmos on, I think it's discovery or history or one of those. So, um, obviously I don't know a thing about it and I just have a really, really general understanding of what that, that stuff is. But, um, you know, I think it's really cool and, and, you know, I like knowing about the things we've uncovered and it just boggles the mind of what we don't understand yet. So, you know, check out the movie. It's a thriller. So if you're into those, those type of movies, I recommend it. And if you do watch it, just know this is just a warning. <laughs> first, uh, first and foremost is the music in the movie is super distracting. So, you know, if you're going to watch it, just keep an open mind. Hey, if you have a movie or TV show you want me to talk about, shoot me an email to oscar at filmgaragepodcast.com. And if I choose your email, I'll read your comments on the podcast and talk about the movie or TV show of your choice. 
If you want to listen to previous episodes, check out filmgaragepodcast.com. For the latest updates, follow me on Twitter or Facebook. I'll provide the links on my site. Don't forget to subscribe and share the podcast with your friends and family. Let's help build and grow this community together. Thank you so much for hanging out with me and have a great day.